Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pure Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is EBL coming to you from the CF Fighter Studios. Let's get ready to roll. Hey, 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 stop. Don't, 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 don't finish that sentence. That is a copyrighted phrase. Michael Buffer will have our butt for that. No, uh, no. come on. Just, EBL, dude, I know you're excited. Silas Young is going to be on the line here soon. I'm Jack, too. I'm geeked about it, but dude, come on. Don't, you're going to kill this show before it even starts. Come on. Just get on with it. All right. Well, let's get the show started then. Man, such a buzzkill. All right. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It's XJ. I got a few questions for you today. Um, number one, uh, you know, I know we touched on the training school in our last podcast, but I kind of want you to go over that a little bit more again for me. Um, kind of just explain the process from when somebody first signs up for class and comes out, you know, like what are they going to experience when they come out to the training center, to the farm for the first time? Well, I can tell you that, you know, the first practice or two, you're, you're never going to forget. Um, you know, that's the moment when you truly are going to know if it's for you or if it's not for you. Um, but I am very proud in the aspect that uh, my coaching staff and I, we make this as fun as possible. Um, you know, this isn't a boot camp. Uh, we have a very positive and nurturing environment. Uh, we realize that people are going to come in with all different types of athletic backgrounds, some with no athletic background. Uh, a lot of people are in, you know, great shape. Other people come in in, in, in poor shape. And this is their way that they're, you know, trying to, push themselves out of that slump and, and, and get themselves active, active again. Um, so, you know, this isn't a place that, um, you know, you can expect to uh, have to go through the trials of boot camp. I mean, it's going to push you naturally just based off of what it is. You know, it's not something that's easy to get into, but it's something that I feel like anybody with enough hard work and commitment and dedication, they can truly do. And uh, our coaching staff is going to help you push through that process. You know, when it starts out slow, it's, it's, uh, all about repetitions. Um, you know, it's about how often you come out, how many hours you put in the ring. You know, some people uh, with their limited schedules are only out a couple days a week and others are out, you know, three or four or five times. Um, you know, but really how quick you progress is just is just up to you. It's about how much work you're able to, to put in, how quickly you learn and what kind of conditioning you're in. And, um, you know, some people take to uh, take to it really quick and they're doing matches in three months and four months and five months. Other people, it takes them longer. Um, but the point is, we we work with you as long as it takes, as long as you're you know continuing to show up. All right. So explain this to me. If if I'm somebody new, okay, and mm -hmm. I just wanna, I just wanna come and jump in, right? I just wanna come. I wanna wrestle. I wanna learn bare minimum. What's your suggestion? Well, I mean, that's just it. Show up and, and try it. I mean, we're we're an open enrollment policy. Anybody can join. Okay, so when you show up on your first day, we're going to take you through the basics. We're not going to expect you to, um, you know, take power bombs and pile drivers on day one. Um, you know, so we're going to work with you and kind of evaluate where you're at physically. Um, we're going to work on some basic uh, holds and, and, and footwork and, and rolls and the teaching the beginning stages of the falls. And, and every class, you know, you're always going to learn something new. Uh, and, and you'd be surprised how quickly that you know, the things that you're learning will start coming together and, and you'll find yourself, uh, you know, doing matches and things like that uh, quicker than you would think. 
So, um, but, the, but it's but the, not like I can come and just jump into the ring at a show. Oh no! I like. I mean, I no. Right. no you're not. Uh, you're just not going to get into wrestling if you don't have any previous training. It's not something just because you watch it on TV that okay. you can do. Um, it is a, a complex process. It, you know, you have to go to a professional school. You know, if not ours, there are lots of other great schools around the country, uh, depending on where you're listening from. But uh, don't just, you know, all oh, my buddies and I messed around in the backyard. I think I can do this. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it might help, I guess. Uh, you know, you're used to falling on your head the wrong way. So now we can come and teach you how to fall the right way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you're not breaking your neck or something. Yeah. That's, that's probably not the best thing. So tell me about, all right, I know that you started a little program at the training center and you're doing student of the month. Yes. Okay, so talk about that a little bit. And, and if you've had some students of the month already, let's talk about them. And then I think you have an announcement for us for this month. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, wrestling is a competitive environment. You know, we're not competing, um, you know, for gold medals and things like that, like you would in college. Uh, but you know, the students are, are competing for spots in the show and a little bit of friendly competition is to me, uh, makes students push harder and pushes themselves to excel, uh, at a much greater length than what you, uh, maybe wouldn't have without that extra incentive. So the student of the month, we started doing this at the end of last season. Um, our first one was, uh, Danny Astro and that was, uh, back in the beginning part of the year in January. And, uh, you know, Danny Astro is a homegrown talent here in Pure Pro Wrestling. He's since relocated down to uh, Toledo, Ohio. But he has been, you know, working regularly for independent companies um, probably for going on a year now. And uh, so we're really proud of him that he's, uh, you know, taken off like the Rocket Man can. And um, <laughs> our student of the month for uh, February uh, was uh, the amazing Zondo. Um, okay. really proud of this young man. He's a West Michigan native. He goes to college full time, uh, drives out here and, um, he has, uh, a form of autism. And a lot of people, you know, think that autism would, uh, you know, stop you from being able to, to chase your dreams. And there's a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings about, you know, what, what autism really is. But, uh, uh, we call him Zondo. Uh, he, uh, you know, comes out and works his butt off and, is learning very quickly and it's very entertaining in the ring. And, you know, he's a spokesman for, uh, for people that feel like they can't, um, you know, go to do the things that they want to do because they, they have autism. So we're really proud of him. Our March edition. Yeah, we have, so our March student of the month is Alexis Royale. Um, she is uh, 16 years old. She started out in our junior grappler program and uh, was excelling very quickly. So we started moving her up to train with the adults. And she started doing that like last summer full time. And uh, since then, she has just uh, uh, improved tremendously. She's really embraced the physical fitness side of things. Um, so, you know, cleaning up her, her nutrition and working out regularly outside of the ring. And then even, um, you know, before class, she'll, uh, she'll come in and I'll put her on the weights and put her through a program. And, and we're seeing that paying off big time in her wrestling. And uh, she's also stepped up as uh, an assistant coach for the Junior Grappler program, the very program she started in. And she's been a, a, a great uh, role model for the young kids and for the other young ladies in the program. And uh, so we're just really happy to have her. And, and um, she's got a big match coming up with Heather Blue uh, in March uh, 19th at the um, 
uh, Iceland Arenas event and make your own luck. And then she's going to be facing Heather Blue again uh, out of state in Georgia, making her first uh, appearance out of the state uh, to wrestle. So uh, we're really excited for her. I think she's going to go a long way in this and being so young and and um, really just being hungry and, and being a, a consummate student. I think that's going to take her uh, to levels that even she can't imagine. So uh, congratulations to all of our students of the month. Um, you know, that's uh, our, our, our three that we've had for the past three months is uh, the Rocket Man, Danny Astro, uh, the Amazing Zondo, and now our March Student of the Month, Alexis Royale. Yeah, I think this is amazing. <clears throat> uh, what a great program. What a good incentive um, to kind of show the fans to some up-and-coming talent yeah. um, at taking off. You know, I've seen Danny perform. Uh, I've met Zondo um, at Holland in the past, uh, and I've seen Alexis perform many times and no doubt that these these students deserve everything that's coming their way just from what i see hard workers really good talent and i mean and i think that speaks to the training school and the coaches that you have absolutely so with with that being said what is when these new students come in? What's the one piece of advice that you would give them if they want to continue down this path into professional wrestling? Wrestling is a lifestyle. So if you're going to excel and you know be at a high level as a professional wrestler, you have to embrace the lifestyle, and that means. Um, you know, giving up some of the food that you uh, might enjoy on a regular basis, changing your eating habits, uh, for many changing their sleep habit, habits as well, because a lot of us get a, don't get enough rest, you know, things like that. But sure. it, it's truly a, a lifestyle change. You know, you have to commit to, um, you know, proper nutrition. You, know, you have to cut out the trash and eat for your body, eat like an athlete, eat, eat for fuel instead of pleasure, you know, even though... There are a lot of really healthy ways to cook, uh, you know, and be healthy at the same time where it tastes good and you enjoy it. Um, but that's that's one of the big challenges, I think, for the students is, you know, embracing that. And then the next part is the physical fitness. Um, you know, being in training on its on its own really does help you um, get fit. Uh, it's a great workout, just the natural movements of what we do. Um, but those that really excel uh, are the ones that are training outside of the ring that have the gym programs and you don't have to be a gym rat to train. I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, there's thousands of workouts that you can do. And, um, you know, I know pe people that do rock climbing and, you know, ride bikes and, you know, stuff like that and do CrossFit. I mean, you know, there's so many ways to be in shape. But the point is, um, you, you need to eat right. And you need to, 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 uh, get yourself in shape because the technique goes, um, uh, the process is so much easier that way if you're in shape and there's less injuries and things like that. So now I, I've heard the term, okay, that there's being in shape, but there's being in ring shape. Yes. What? What? Tell me the difference between the two. Well, you can be uh, an avid runner. You can run three miles a day, but it doesn't mean you can do a 20-minute wrestling match. Um, there's no greater strain on your cardio that I've ever found. I've played multiple sports and tried all kinds of crazy thrill-seeking endeavors. And for my money, you know, the cardio expressed in a pro wrestling match is, is probably the most challenging. You have to think about the, the nature of pro wrestling. 
it's fast paced and then it's slow paced. It's start, stop, start, stop. You're making all this noise. You're doing all this, you know, theatrical parts with your character. And then you're performing like a, like a high level athlete. And, and as you know, you've been to these matches, the moves that we do are very intricate. Uh, it does take a lot of athleticism and timing and um, in order for us to be able to get up and walk away and, and be able to go home to our families. Um, so, you know, that's that's the big message is, is fitness is, is paramount to everything. You know, as you said, there's ring shape and then there's being in shape. And, um, you know, you can be in great shape, but, but fail miserably in a, in a wrestling ring. So the best way to get in ring shape is to be in training. And then I also recommend to the athletes, like, do um, circuit training and interval training. So you're recreating that start and stop motion constantly, hit three or four sets, and then take the 30-second pause, and then go back at it hard. Because it's hard to get your heart rate, um, you know, trained to that and accustomed to it. No, I think that's a great explanation, because I've heard that, and and I have a pretty good idea of what it is, but I think it's really good to hear out of your mouth. Uh, I, you I know, think- another point is, too, as a coach, Eric, I... I, I've stopped judging people uh, when they walk in the doors because I've looked at guys and be like, man, that looks like an athlete. That dude's going to be a wrestler. And they didn't last a week. And I have, I have had other guys that look like, you know, um, well, one literally you know, was was a, an oil change specialist. And he walked in his work clothes and his like raggedy motor oil clothes. And I'm like, are you in the right place? You know, and, and I'm totally like, this guy's going to be done in no time. He's a little, little overweight and, and a big fella. And, you know, next thing you know, he's, uh, you know, he's training and he's doing well. So it's, um, it's hard to predict. I've had Marines come in and they just think they're going to blow the training out of the water and, and they necessarily don't. Um, the physicality of it's what got them. Um, but, you know, you never know until you try. And uh, it is physical and it is rough, but we do train with safety in mind so that uh, injury prevention is paramount. No, I think that's a, a really good point. You know, I've been, I've been in the ring. I haven't wrestled in the ring. Uh, I got these two jokers, A7s and Road Rash, who put me through a table a couple years ago. And that was no joke, number one. Just the, so I think, and it's not just about being in shape, right? It's, you know, the the presence of all these people around you. Because would we have 200 people in the building for that show? And yeah. not only just to perform as your person or your character, that takes a lot out of you. And then you add the physical aspect in it. Like that's so it's pretty amazing. Yeah, what these what these folks do on a daily basis in the ring, it really is. Agreed. So, what would you? What advice would you give someone? Um, or let me ask it. Let me let me ask you a different question. What's the one thing you wish you would have known before you began your career that you could pass on to your students? Don't let other people ruin it for you. That's probably the first thing that pops into my mind. Um, you know, the wrestling business is it's entertainment, you know, um, and, and anybody that's an entertainer, whether they're a musician, a comedian or an actor, they're going to tell you that it's a very, um, you know, different world. And it can often be very cold. And especially if you if you let other people ruin it for you, um, you know, pure pro wrestling is very unique that we have a nurturing culture in our locker room where we don't have a lot of politics and, you know, hazing and, you know, and, and, um, some of the things that, uh, you know, you might find in other locker rooms and, um, you know, there's a lot of great people in pro wrestling. Don't get me wrong, but there's also, you know, a lot of the other things that you'll find in life. And that's, you know, people that are tough to work with, 
people that are in it for themselves or, you know, that are um, uh, arrogant or pompous or, or just really selfish. And then there's a lot of people because there's a lack of qualified trainers out there. There's a lot of people who frankly just aren't, you know, they don't, they're naive, they're good people, but they don't know any better sure. um, or receive that proper training, but they're, you know, athletic enough and they figured out how to put a decent match together and they've got some gear. So now they're, they're a wrestler. Um, you know, and I just remember kind of getting in better early on when I was working really hard. Um, I was traveling, you know, every weekend I was doing all these shows and that was back before I really understood what the business was and like not to get caught up in, you know, championship belts and politics and clicks and stuff like that. And, um, but you know, you, when you first get in, you, you want the, um, you know, not necessarily the adoration, but just, just the acknowledgement of your peers. You want them to look at you in a positive way. You want to be accepted and you want to um, impress them, you know, quite literally, because these are other independent wrestlers and pros that have time in and, and you're, you look up to them. Um, but when you once you get in for a while, you realize there's all different levels of training and experience and, and quality of people. And um, I think I let a lot of the uh, competition of trying to get um, booked in places and just some of the, the politics and you know, normal human being stuff that you would find in any job, you know, happening. Um, you know, I let that bother me and, and, and that, that took a lot of the joy out of some of the, you know, really best years of wrestling that I ever had to enjoy. And uh, so I, I would just tell students that, you know, never let other people ruin it for you. Don't let like sour relationships and, and you know, bad promoters and, you know, things like that, that you're going to come across. It's inevitable um, if you're a journeyman and, you know, you're doing this, um, you know, consistently, you're going to come across those bad nights, but don't let that ruin it for you because, you know, we're very fortunate that we get to do one of the most exciting and oldest crafts, you know, in, in, in the world and, uh, and do it in, on, a, on a high level. So uh, I guess that would be my big piece of advice is don't get bitter. <laughs> so do you think, do you think pro wrestling has always been entertainment or, you know, from what I hear people talk about is, you know, this used to be the business of wrestling and it's turned into the business of entertainment. Do you think it's always been that way um, or was there some sort of switch at some point um, that made it become a little more entertainment than maybe? I can understand the sediment um, because wrestling and the business has changed a lot, um, especially from some of the old customs and ways and even how the audience perceives what we do, all of that has changed. So anytime you have a transformation from one generation to another, whether it's society or something like wrestling, there's going to be that, um, you know, there's going to be that resentment towards it um, and, and that unacceptance of it. But I mean, I, I really think to answer your question, it's always been entertainment. You know, why do we, why do we watch sports? Why do we pack stadiums and pay hundreds of dollars for tickets and, you know, spend, $50 on, on, on a hat at some of these places, and, you know, and, and spend $50 on your parking spot. Like, why do we pack stadiums? Why do we crowd around the television set as, as families and watch our, our favorite, you know, baseball or football team? You know, because it's entertaining. It's entertainment. And I think, you know, when wrestling started, just a brief history, it was 100% real. They were having real fights. You know, it was real wrestling matches. Yeah. And, um when the uh, mafia started getting involved, um, much like they were in the boxing world and started fixing wrestling matches, 
promoters got wise and the athletes got wise. They said, well, if you're going to make us alter what we do, um, we might as well just do it anyway. And they realized that it was creating more longevity out of the wrestlers. And, um, you know, they started realizing, you know, guys like Gorgeous George, you know, were, were, were pioneers, you know, all the way back in, in the golden ages of the 50s, you know, where they had never seen characters before. And all of a sudden this guy shows up. Uh, with bleach blonde hair and and uh, with a a respirator breathing fresh Florida air and had a butler spraying perfume on him and yeah, you know, yeah. flamboyant in a time where men were quote men and you know and in the front row was guys wearing their their best suits and and smoking cigars you know <laughs> so um you know so I think I think that's like been the natural progression of it and every generation you go I mean you can go back and listen to guys like Lou says you know. Uh, complain about uh, stuff that Ric Flair was doing, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yep. Um, you know, and then people people talk about well, Ric Flair did the same match every time. How could he be the greatest of all time? And then you know, my our wrestling is this, and our wrestling's better. And then you have the resurgence of hardcore wrestling, and and there's all these styles and stuff. So like, um, I think you're always gonna have that argument, just like basketball. You know, people say '90s basketball was way better than, than this crap today and you know, you know what about the 80s you know what about dr j you know this so i i think i think yeah i mean that that's where all that sentiment comes from but but wrestling's always going to change it's always going to evolve and i really like where it's at right now because i feel like there's elements of it that you'll never get rid of you know there's 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 the ways that we tell stories and, and techniques that we do that you'll never get rid of but when when there's all this new source of creation coming out and then it gets blended in with the old school, I, I think it's in a really good spot right now. I do. You know, I want to go back to something you said, and and I don't. Uh, we don't need to get into this now, but I think we're going to save yeah. this for a future episode. And I had never heard this about mafia getting involved in wrestling. Like, oh yeah. I want to have this conversation with you. We don't have time, <laughs> for but I want to oh, have yeah. this conversation because I think that's. I've never heard that, and I think it's like you you have my you, you have my mind right now. So um, that's pretty the history crazy. of pro wrestling is so amazing. I mean, it, and it's so Americana, and and this is like an American homegrown entity that's spread across the world. And uh, but just the history of it is is incredible, and and you can go all the way back to the early territory days and early 1900s and, and start talking about some of these original promotions. And I learned a lot about this because I'm a history. Off and, and you know, naturally getting into wrestling, I wanted to know everything I could about it. Sure. And uh, I started digging about the history of the NWA and Toots Monts and some of these early promoters. And and yeah, I mean, I could talk for hours about this stuff. I, lo- I love the history of it. That's the best part for me. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some more time, I promise. Um, right. but let's switch gears a little bit. Okay, so we're, we're getting down to the wire here, uh, down to the end. And, and I want to talk about March 19th. Pure Pro Wrestling at Flint Iceland Arenas and Make Your Own Luck. So, anybody, if you need tickets, pureprowrestling.net. Um, and you can click on live events and you can buy your tickets for this event. They're still out there. Plenty of great seats available. Please go get your tickets because you're not going to want to miss this. Okay, let's talk about some of the cards. First up on my list is the White Wolf, Jarris Gray. Versus the amazing Zondo. Give me, well, give, me your, give me your breakdown of this match. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you have uh, make your own luck. The premise of this event is 
the uh, up and coming students, our future contenders are having an opportunity to wrestle our veterans and really quite frankly, make their own luck and excel and expand their career. So the amazing Zondo was just student of the month here in February. So he's going to have an opportunity uh, to take his outlandish ways up against uh, the white wolf, Jarris Gray, who is pound for pound, one of the toughest athletes that I have ever trained. Uh, this guy is uh, just full of energy and uh, doesn't back down. I mean, the second the bell rings, this guy is ready to shred into you, and that's why we started calling him the wolf. So, um, yeah. you know, this oh, is no, you know, and Zondo has got, got the, the length on him. I mean, he's a taller guy. He's kind of built like a Norwegian basketball player. So he's got these long, lengthy arms. So, you know, it, he's he's uh, going to make it a challenge for, for Jairus to get in there. But, you know, it's kind of hard when a wolf smothers you. So, um, I mean, if I have to if I have to pick a winner, it's probably going to be the White Wolf. But I think Zondo is going to give him a run for his money. Yeah, I think that's a pretty tough call right there. That's going to be a good one. You know what? I'm going to give you my prediction. You gave me yours. I'm going to give you mine. I'm going to go with uh, the amazing Zondo on this one. Um, I've not seen the kid, but I I think just from the things that I – just a few things that I've seen about him, um, I I think he's got some pretty good talent. So, um, sorry, Jairus, but I'm going to go with Zondo on this one. All right, next one on my list here is we're going to talk about hard to kill Dylan Derringer versus David Weston. Now, I don't know anything about David Weston, so give me a breakdown of David. Uh, David Weston is a young athletic kid that's been training here for uh, well over a year now, and uh, he's got a martial arts background. Uh, he, he looks like he could be Bruce Lee's son. Um, this kid is uh, full of charisma, full of attitude, and uh, you can tell he's confident in himself. Uh, he throws some mean kicks. Uh, and uh, he's really quick. He's very quick on his feet and has good defensive skills. Uh, so I think uh, Derringer is, is going to have a challenge with this guy. So who's your pick in this match? Well, I mean, Derringer's got some more experience, and I'm really fond of him. He's another uh, pure pro um, you know, trainee uh, that over the past few years his career's really taken off. Um, but uh, Derringer is, is still young. And he makes a lot of big high risk moves, and sometimes they pay off, and sometimes they don't. Yep. The one thing I know about this Weston kid is he's quite the opportunist. So I think Derringer is going to, uh, you know, make a mistake, and I think Weston might capitalize on it and get an upset. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Derringer. I'm going with Derringer. I've seen Dylan perform. I, I think he's great. I love watching him. Uh, so I'm going to go with Derringer on that one. Well, you um, know, Eric, the problem with using yourself as a weapon like Derringer does is, you know, sometimes you crash and burn. And I think that I think if anyone's going to be Derringer that night, it's going to be him. But man, I tell you what, the kid gets up and he just keeps going. That's the thing; he just he's, keeps he's going. Hard to kill. Man, <laughs> yeah, that's why he's named Hard to Kill. <clears throat> All right, the next one I I have you already know who I'm going to pick in this because I got a problem with one of them: uh, <laughs> Road Rash versus Sean Mordecai. I'm going with Sean because I want to see Road Rash get his butt whooped. Big time. Well, Road Rash is a multiple-time you know tag team champion here in Pure Pro Wrestling, which, as you know, our tag team division is very uh, challenging to it compete is. in. So, uh, you know, being a part of the Nomads, he's had a great tag team run. You know, this is a rare opportunity for Road Rash to show that he can you know get it done in, in singles, and he's never uh, won a singles championship here in Pure Pro Wrestling. So, um, you know, I think Sean Mordecai is going to be a, a good stepping stone for him. You know, Sean is, is uh, we call him the heavy metal maniac. Uh, he's in a, uh, a heavy metal band. 
Um, they're called Fate of Misery, and they go they do tours. They have an, an album that just got released. Uh, he's been playing music in in the Flint area and really all over uh, the Midwest for years and years and years. And uh, he's got this just kind of you know uh, I don't I don't care attitude and. You know, he, he just he just throws all of his inhibitions uh, out the door and, and just goes into war. And he's been training hard. He's put on a lot of size. Uh, he's kind of a gym rat. And then, of course, as you know, drumming uh, is, is quite the cardiovascular workout. And uh, so it's going to be a tough pick here. But, I mean, I, I think I'm leaning towards Road Rash because he is going to be showing up with a hammer or two. And those seem to find their way in the ring. Yeah, I hope Sean puts a whooping on him. I I know that's a tough task, but well, I'll, I'll be rooting for Sean Mordecai all the way. He's gonna have a yeah a big following out that night. So keep your ears open for the uh, the heavy metal section because I think they're gonna be loud and proud. Or what did you call him at the first show when he came out? He said it, it looks like you picked up the homeless guy down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I said I think he's up- upgraded his gear. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so too. Maybe it was the stench. I think he came right out of a gig. Straight into the ring from there. Crawled right out of the back of the truck and jumped in the ring. All it right. Surprising. He's a maniac, but he's uh, he's good. He's yeah, good. he is. I, I've been watching some of his training videos, and, and he looks real good in there. And he's really, you're right, he's really turned into a gym rat. Kind of turned himself around a little bit. Um, got rid of some of his bad habits. And, you know, and he's, he's helping himself by getting fit. And the dude looks like a million bucks right now. So yeah, I'm excited does. to see that match. I think it's going to be great. Next on the card, Samson Real versus Adam Drake. Well, actually, that, there's been a change to that. Adam Drake is, is uh, going to be out. So um, we're, going to have, we're going to be replacing him with the great Noken. Okay. So that's going to be a good match then. Okay, so Samson Real, the real deal, Samson Real versus the great Noken. Give me your breakdown. Uh, well, Samson is a genetic freak. You know, that, that guy um, won the lottery the day he was born. I'm telling you, he's, you know, don't get me wrong, you don't get a physique like this without hard work, but he is just, uh, he's been blessed uh, and he's got every, every possible ingredient that you could use or need to, to create a pro wrestler from the ground up. Uh, he had a great run as a Michigan State heavyweight champion, and sure. I know he ended the year in a sour note. Uh, you know, he, he lost that belt and kind of took a little bit of a downward spiral and, and had a, a, you know two or three more losses before we, we started, we ended the year out. So coming back, um, you know, this spring, I, I think Samson's going to be, uh, you know, rocking and rolling, raring to go. I know he's going to want to get back on the winning side of the column and, Work his way back up to uh, you know the championship ranks, uh, but like you said, he's it's going to be a match. Uh, the great Noken uh, is is just a monster in the ring. Uh, the guy is not scared of anything. He's got tons of power moves, and he's extremely athletic for his size. And uh, he's been coming out and training at the Justice League or the uh, the Camp Justice out here, and um, the Justice League. Well, uh, funny story. Though. That, that was that was the original name of, of the very first gym, the first class. Well, I like gym. it. Yeah, you know. I think it's um, good. But uh, but yeah, I think I think Noken is is going to be uh, giving him a run for his money. But I got to say that Samson is going to take this one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. I I think I think Sam is really looking to kind of get his uh, career back on track here. So um, I think Adam's in some trouble. I think Samson's going to put a whooping on him. And, and I, 
any of these matches, we got two left to talk about, but any of these matches are going to be just absolute fire. So March yeah. 19th, tickets start at 10 bucks. pureprowrestling.net. Go get your tickets, everybody. Uh, next on the card, Lethal Ladies of Wrestling, Alexis Royal and Heather Blue. Now, I know a lot about Alexis. I've seen her wrestle. I've watched her train a little bit. Tell me more about this Heather Blue girl. Heather Lou, Heather Blue, Heather Lou. Should call her Heather Lou now. Heather Blue is um, this young lady is the toughest student I've ever had in, in a class. Period. In 15 years of training, anybody. She um, is re- resilient. Matter of fact, uh, she's completely relentless to the point where she's ab- abduct- ab- ab- um, adopted the name "relentless" as a moniker um, for her character. And, uh, you know, I one one class, I could tell you a quick story about her. We were doing overhead uh, suplexes, you know, the overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Yeah. It's a really big throw. It's very dangerous if you don't perform it the right way. And um, she went to take her first one. And Danny Astro, I believe, was the person that was giving it out at the time. He was learning him that day, too. And uh, Heather landed right on top of her head. Oh. Just, just spiked right on her head. And, uh, you know, all of us in class are freaking out. I immediately, you know, try to jump down and kneel to her and, like, see if she's okay. And before I could even blink, she's up on her feet. And she's a little red in the face. She goes, all right, let's do it again. I'm like, hold on, Heather, 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 hold on. Let me me look and check you out for a concussion. You know, looking for all the signs, looking at her eyes. She's like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Let Let me do it again. And I checked her out real quick to see if she had a concussion. She didn't. She got right back up, and then she nailed the move. That's amazing. So, um, you know, she's tough. She's been training um, for going on a couple of years here, and she's just now getting to the point where um, she's starting to get matches and, and get opportunity. And I really think Heather's going to be one to keep your eyes on. Um, it's not going to be long that she's going to be working for every prom- promotion here in the state of Michigan. All right, so who are you going with? Uh, that's a toss-up. This, this is a um, tough one. It is. You know, I, I think I think I'm going to give it to Alexis just based off experience and yep. size. Alexis is uh, almost six foot tall. She's been training like crazy uh, with you know with heavy weights, and uh, you know I'm not taking anything away from Heather, but Heather is you know a shade over five foot, and she's scrappy. I mean, she'll she'll knock your jaw out, but um, I just don't know if she's going to be able to overcome the power of Alexis. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd I'd go with Alexis in this too, and mainly because of experience, uh, you know, in ring experience, performing in front of a crowd. Um, all that stuff I think plays a big factor. I also wouldn't call it an upset if Heather does take it. <laughs> very true, very true. Not not a surprise, let's say that. All right. So the last one I want to talk about, and this is a big one. This is an Survivors eight man tag team main event. We have the PPW champions. Okay, so that includes the upper echelon and James Alexander. Freak of Nature versus Danny Astro, Kid Easy, King Naba, and the winner of Phil Ingram versus Ray Alpha Adams. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be an opportunity for Danny, Kid Easy, King Naba, and the other two to really show what they're made of. Well, this match. You know, both teams are just full of athletes. You know, of course, our champions speak for themselves. James Alexander has been doing this for 20 years. Uh, he's trained uh, with some of the finest coaches in all of professional wrestling. He's been featured on WWE um, 
Impact Wrestling and uh, just recently All Elite Wrestling. And uh, Mr. One Night Only uh, is obviously one of the top wrestlers that we have. And, uh, you know, he makes a fine tag team champion. And his partner, Dylan Knight, is a tag team champion and the Michigan State heavyweight champion. Right. And, of course, there's the nasty one, the continental champion, Nick Zero. So, I mean, you have the, the cream of the crop as far as pure pro wrestling goes and, and the current champions. Uh, but they're going to be taking on our four uh, best athletes, you know, quite frankly, um, coming out of the uh, training program. Okay. You know, Daniel Astro uh, is is just an ultra athlete. This guy has got the size, he's got the power, the speed, the technique. You know everything you need. Uh, Kid Easy is a, is a cruiserweight, uh, but this guy can jump out of the building. I mean, you know, you, you got to get your hands on him if you're going to do any damage. Right. King Naba, this guy is a scrapper. Uh, he's got a very unique style in the ring. Um, he calls it the lion style. Uh, uh, he, he literally at times is posed up like a lion, and then suddenly he comes out of nowhere and attacks you. So this dude is <laughs> very athletic and, and um, you know, it. unique. And then Phil Ingram and Ray Adams, these guys, you know, I, I almost feel like they, they could have played college football or something instead of doing this. Um, you know, they're just they're, they're big, nasty, mean, in-shape dudes. And, uh, you know, if anybody's got a chance out of this school of, of you know, upsetting – the champions uh, on this night. I really feel like it's, it's, uh, you know, that this crew here, you know, I, I have a, a fun little story about King Nava. So I came to a training uh, session one time and it was about promos and it was Jack Kelly and Mr. One night only teaching this class and King Nava. I tell you what, when he was working on his promos, you couldn't tell if the dude was serious or if he was acting, because he has got the look in his eye that like it just it stare. He's got that hundred yard stare, and it just goes right through you. So, like to me, he's not a real big dude, but he's still intimidating just the way he looks and the way he moves. Yeah, he, I, and, I agree hundred percent. And you cannot forget that Jack Kelly will be at ringside. Yes, yeah, so just saying his name it makes me cringe. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely nails on a chalkboard. Oh, that guy is—he's uh, unreal. You know, you can't count anybody out when he's at ringside. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for these rookies, but uh, you know, he's going to be that X factor. And, and you know, having him at ringside is kind of like being in a handicap match. Yeah, I can see the. Oh boy, I, I can see the the new guys here kind of pulling one on him. And maybe uh, eking out a victory on somebody, but man, that's so hard to go against. I'm going to take the safe bet. I'm going to take the safe bet and say that the uh, the echelon and Alexander are going to take it. I'm right there with you. But I'm going to be rooting hard for my rookies. It's not like we're putting money on this one, so you know. No, we're not. Not today. Maybe next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So don't forget March 19th. Hey. Uh, PeerProWrestling.net. Uh, bell time is 7 p.m. and tickets start at only $10. All right, PeerProWrestling.net. Get on, get your tickets. Um, I want for our go- Westsiders. For our Westsiders, we're going to be returning to Holland on May 21st. 
Yes. Silas Young versus Dylan Knight for the Michigan State yes. Heavyweight Championship. I am so excited about this match. And that was bringing me to my next point. And I'm going to let you make the announcement because I think this is huge or for our next episode. Take it away, XJ. Tell me yeah, who on the next, back coming on the show. On the next episode of the Pure Pro Wrestling podcast, we're going to have former world television champion from Ring of Honor Wrestling, Silas Young, pro wrestling's last real man. He's yes. going to be right here on the podcast. And we're going to be interviewing him uh, specifically about the event, talking a little bit about his career and, uh, you know, what's next for him. So that's going to be huge. And then also we're going to be having his opponent, the Michigan State heavyweight champion, Dylan Knight, will be on air at the same time as Silas Young. So uh, chances are they're going to be uh, getting to know each other a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be fireworks. I cannot wait till next week. This is so exciting. Um, so everybody, don't forget, pureprowrestling.net, uh, all social media outlets, at Pure Pro Wrestling. Uh, for XJ, this is Eric, and we're signing off, and we'll see you at ringside.